0: Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your
1: home News Radio 840 WHAS Good Sunday morning, Bob Sekoler Louisville Real Estate Show Here with you to the top of the hour An interesting show ahead of us Including things you need to throw out asap of your home it's a new report that's out we'll talk more about that in a little bit first let me thank and introduce randy rocky from swan financials joining us six four five zero seven three six good to have you here sir good morning bob Good morning. If you're wondering a little bit of a delay, it's because we're using Zoom to communicate and record our shows, which reminds me, by the way, you can go to LouisvilleAnswers.com and see the video recording of this show. Also here, Lee Harris, who is with Limestone Title and Escrow. She's the legal counsel over there. Great lady. And you can reach Lee anytime at 649-7964. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Bob and Randy
2: all right we're
1: we're moving forward and first off uh, some good news the uh many people are feeling more optimistic about both buying and selling i don't know if all of you have heard about this home prices uh rose in some cities by double digit margins year over year last year here not so much because appraisers keep us to a typical three to four percent appreciation but there was a new survey done of buyers and sellers. And in general, here are the highlights 52% of the consumers survey, surveyed say it's a good time to buy a home, mostly unchanged from December of 2020. So that's good. 57% of consumers say it's a good time to sell a home. That's increasing from 50% the month prior. So we're seeing selling a home, uh, those who are thinking about selling, uh, increasing their thoughts it's a good time. Now, Mind you, we're in a desperate mode to find homes to sell. There were less than 1,400 homes on the market as of last month. Normal for about this time, 2,500, 3,000. So that's really down. 75% of consumers say they are not concerned about losing their job in the next 12 months. That's good. That's unchanged from December of 2020. And 21% of consumers say their household income is significantly higher than it was 12 months ago. Of course, we have to take a moment and really be concerned about those who did not participate in the survey who probably have lost their job and not being included in the survey. So we understand and we well, we feel for a lot of the folks who are suffering with the COVID and the variety of things that are out there. Uh, there are some more interesting things, and I don't know if you both have heard about this or our listeners, and that is there was an open house recently that caused a traffic jam in a city, not Louisville, but an unbelievable uh, traffic jam in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hundreds of people showed up, and they were all looking to buy one home. They've got around 50 private showings, and there were somewhat around 150 in line for open house visit. It gives you an idea of how hot the market is in other parts of the country, but let's turn around and look at what we did this week. Here at Remax Properties East, a house went on the market well below the – suggested list price of what you could have bought it for on the open market. This was a foreclosure. Randy, Lee, folks, take a guess. I'll just ask Randy and Lee. Take a guess. How many do you think people visited the home in two days? Anybody? I'd say 300. Well, oh, that's pretty high. That's a lot.
2: I was going to say 20. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's going. He's shooting prices right. You're over, way over. Yeah. Uh, 60. <laughs> 60, 60 Okay. In the matter of heck, the way you were talking, days.
0: I thought it was going to be this
1: yeah, way that, up there. I listen. Thought, okay. Uh, and then I lost track, so it may be a lot higher at this point. But I'm just telling you, this we're seeing a very, very hot, hot market, one that we have not seen uh, in a long time. So, it's it's good news. It's bad news. It's depending upon whether you, um, quite frankly, um, have. Uh, a dog in this fight basically so hopefully if you're thinking about selling now, now's the time by the way call me three seven six five four eight three and uh, we'll be glad to help you let's go to some uh, emails that came in and review and let's start with randy this is coming from billy and he says um look i think it's a, a guy i'm looking to buy my first house next year i have uh, student loans that total in excess of forty-two thousand dollars—is that going to hurt Billy when it comes time to getting approved for a loan?
0: Well, if he's FHA, it's one percent of the balance, uh, which on forty-two thousand is would be a payment per month. So we're looking at four hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, if we can do Freddie Mac uh, on a conventional product, you can do a half of one half a percent the balance right, is speak, your monthly payment. So it would be $210. So speaking income wise. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So English is basically it will hurt you debt to income wise, but if you're making decent money, you should be able to qualify, but it, it, it just goes on your debt. is basically like a car loan almost, so to speak a $400 a month. And you can only have so much debt for income is how they you get a lot of approvals done is how much debt, how much income do you have? And then, and, uh, usually that threshold is with a house around 50% or less. So for example, if you have a $400 car payment and your house payments $2,000, which is $2,400, if you make 4,800 gross, gross income a month, you should be able to get approved in most situations if you have a
1: decent credit score. All right, so what I hear is it depends upon your income, depends upon your credit score, uh, but it will have a factor, and it may not knock you out of the box. So what I would tell you, Billy, is you need to, without question, call someone like Randy, have him run your credit. Now, let me let me just point this out. We're having big problems with certain mortgage companies which advertise on the Super Bowl, if you watch the Super Bowl, where uh-huh. they will, they'll look at your your stuff from what you tell them and then they'll give you a pre-approval letter. And then what happens is when you go to actually get the loan, they say, Oh no, we missed that. Or you didn't tell us about that. Or, Oh, there's something else here. And unfortunately you're not going to be approved to get the, the house. So I would tell you, you want to go with somebody that we trust uh, one of our lenders and Randy Rocky's one of the guys we trust and Swan. So just so you know, Billy and everybody else, Lee, you ready for a call? I'm ready. All right. Well, in this case, because we're in COVID mode, we're doing just emails, which, by the way, if you want to send me an email with a question to ask our team, Bob at WeSellLouisville.com. And you can put question for radio in the subject line. That would probably help you. Rhonda is asking, I'm selling my house, which will hopefully bring a lot of money. But first, she says it's going to cost me money for things like spiffing up the house and paying people who are going to help me sell it which I guess would be realtors. I guess what she's referring to is if she's hiring somebody to help spiff up the house and they don't do it correctly, who's on the hook if something goes bad? So I'm I'm going to extrapolate this. She has a roof repair done, and she sells the house two weeks later after the closing. It rains, the roof leaks. Who's on the hook, Lee, to repair? Okay. And is she, she going to get some more money taken out of her checking account what would you say
2: good question okay so hopefully uh whoever is going to buy her home will get an inspection before mm-hmm. they finalize their purchase and mm-hmm. if they do so hopefully that inspector will find will either recommend a roofer recommended HVAC person or will find any issues <coughs> themselves <coughs> sorry so it's if that buyer has an inspection, that goes a long, long way towards relieving the seller of any uh, damages for unknown defects. Um, Obviously a seller is required to disclose any known defects. So let's say these these repair people come and, and they fix X, Y, and Z, but they tell her, well, you know, you got a problem with your plumbing or you know, you got a problem with your roof or you know, you got a problem with this, something that she didn't know, but didn't get fixed. And now she knows, well, that needs to be disclosed and if you disclose a problem and the buyer buys anyway, then that's the buyer's problem. And so, yeah. I, you know, obviously the seller could go back to the, uh, you know, if they did, if she did somehow get, you know, a, a bad repair, mm-hmm. she could try to go back to the repair person, and and be reimbursed for that, um, because of course they're supposed to do things in a workmanlike manner. So uh, that's a good question. Um, but it's originally going to go to the seller, and then the seller is going to have to uh, then jump over because she would have the contractual agreement with the repair person to try to get reimbursed if there was any uh, damages additional, that, additional right.
1: damages. So right. that brings up an interesting question that I've seen happen. And this, this goes right up alongside of the question we just asked. So let's presume uh, John Jones is going to sell – I'm making the name up – John Jones is going to sell his house, and in the disclosure, he writes in the little area that you can write individual stuff, not just a question. He writes that the ice maker is broken in the refrigerator. Buyers come in, they buy the house, they do an inspection, the inspection comes back, the ice maker's broken. So playing off of what you just said, does the buyer have any right to ask for the ice maker to be repaired, and if John Jones says, no, I'm not going to repair it, can the buyer walk away on inspections if that's the only issue that they're at disagreement over?
2: Okay, yeah, we'll start with the first part first, which is the disclosure you should see and read before, you know, making your offer, because your offer could depend upon, depending on what kind of issue there is, ice maker not, not working is not that expensive, but you know, let's say there was some major thing in this disclosure, you might want to make a different offer based upon that. You know, uh, if it's a, if it's a $2,000 issue, mm-hmm. they might want to make a $2,000 less offer so that they can fix that. And cause they have that knowledge at the time of the offer. So really that anybody can ask for something to be repaired, but the seller mm-hmm. has a legitimate response in that situation to say, um, I disclosed that already. So you're asking me to fix something that I already disclosed. When you made your offer so they could legitimately say no now the inspection question Mm -hmm. which is your second question um and and we might have uh, listeners that are outside of the louisville area but for the louisville contract as long as a buyer obtains an inspection from a licensed professional they can walk away for any reason and sellers need to understand that so Uh, If they have that licensed inspector, if it's a, you know, a a licensed home inspector or a licensed uh, roof, uh, HVAC inspector or whatever license. termite inspector,
1: right.
2: Yeah. uh, They can um, walk away and and sellers don't necessarily understand that sellers believe that they have this opportunity to negotiate or, oh, that's a minor thing or, oh, I already disclosed that or whatever. It's it's not in the contract that way obviously it can be changed. You know, it can be written differently if the seller doesn't like that. But for the vast majority of your situations, the buyer, as long as they have an inspection, can walk for any reason.
1: And we should point out, get their good faith money back. The buyer gets their good faith money back.
2: Yes, that's exactly right.
1: Right. So note, and that's a really good point that we need to probably talk about more often because that is a contention that some sellers think and don't know that what the real truth is good stuff lee all right we're going to take a break when we come back we'll poll lee and we'll poll randy to see if they have anything's anything in their homes that require that being thrown out you may as listeners have these as well a new report out it's a bit concerning Thanking here for the first half of our show, we thank Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 645-0736. Lee Harris, who is legal counsel, limestone title and escrow at 649-7964. My son Greg's got the morning off. You can reach me on my cell phone anytime, Bob Sikoler, 376-5483. You can also see what sellers are saying about us by going to louisvillesellerstalk.com. Or read about our reviews in, uh, in, on Zillow at louisvillezillow.com. We'll take a break. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS need a home loan or refinancing, you need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that
0: also you will get 2% grant money from the investor.
1: Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 260. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply.
0: In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations. And as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control so what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market.
1: I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. I've bob what's going on in louisville hi barbara the louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it i'm so
2: happy to hear that
1: with our exclusive marketing plan we can get sellers top dollar right now
2: get the best advice from my friend bob sakola go to
1: weselllouisville.com be safe and smart news radio 840 wha is bob sakola the louisville real estate show thank you barbara Cockburn, who uh, is a mentor and a friend You can reach me anytime to help you get your home sold fast at 376-5483. Also here, Randy Rocky from Swan Financial. You can reach the folks over at Swan. Do a great job, 645-0736. Also, Lee Harris, legal counsel, times, lumpstone title, and escrow. And her direct cell is 649-7964. Thank you, folks, for being here. Greg's got the morning off, and we move on to 30 things or so that need to be thrown out ASAP, according to a new study. So I'm going to go through these pretty quickly, and some I'm going to just, if you want to see these in detail, send me an email, bob at and just say things that need to be thrown out in the subject line, and I'll send you a link to the article that I pulled this from. Off-brand phone chargers. Uh, number one, Randy, what do you use to charge your phone? Lee, what about you? Do you use your... Oh, I'll use... I- do use off-brand uh, phone uh-huh. chargers in, like,
0: all our rooms at the lake house and everything yeah. when people come to visit. You may be tempted no, to that's buy. Interesting.
1: You may be tempted to buy, air, but uh, uh, studies show now, this is according to Kim Schmurf, who's of the How-To Geek. Uh, he took a dozen chargers, put them to test, a test, and he found that most off-brand chargers provided inconsistent power leading to battery damage. Okay, hmm. here we go. I have. I'm guilty of this. I'm sorry. I have old pancake mix in my. <laughs> and do you check the, the sell by or eat by or use by? Uh, expert at uh, doesitgobad.com. I didn't even know that there was a website about this. Doesitgobad.com. Packaged pancake mixes, along with many other cake mixes, can be toxic in certain circumstances. Try for oh, wow dried flowers if you've just moved or you have them they, you discover them uh, they can be toxic and hazardous to uh, both cats and dogs okay. here's something brandy you and i don't have to worry about this but expired makeup <laughs> check mm-hmm. your are you sure problems. you don't bob no i don't <laughs> Um, they do go bad. Even worse, they can cause breakouts, skin parasites, infections, and loss of vision, if not disposed of. Wire ha- wire hangers, something else. They're flimsy. We know that, but they can also damage your favorite clothes because wire hangers are too thin. They will bend creating problems for the clothes when you go to put them on so that's another one again there's a whole list of these i'm not going to spend all this time am going to we got a lot of questions but i'm going to just outline these old dish sponges you may have heard that bacteria worst thing stale spices this is a surprise for me because i have a whole row oh, of spices mm-hmm. But they can create, this is a report from the FDA, that the imported spice is contaminated with salmonella at twice the rate of other imported foods. Cheap jewelry check the jewelry because if it's sold uh, 14 different discount stores around the country was purchased and apparently they had uh, high levels of toxic chemicals and then i'll just add one more plastic containers you may have heard already tupperware gladware snapware you name it everyone has a collection they're great for storing leftovers but studies show these can contain high levels of bpa and they also say don't put those into a microwave to uh cook your food because that lets off those bpa chemicals so those are some of the things you want to be worried about and concerned about and now let's go back to some of these questions that we've got so this one is from rhonda i'm planning to sell my home with the help of a real estate agent i keep hearing i should avoid dual agency so lee for everyone's knowledge dual agency is what
2: Okay. So in Kentucky, dual agency is legal. And that basically means that um, the agent um, or the company is representing both the buyer and the seller. So let's say you have a friend who lists your property. They are a seller's agent at that time. Um, let's say they then find the buyer. That, that same agent finds the buyer, um, either through uh, word of mouth or you know knows somebody who wants to move to your neighborhood or... Advertising somehow, anyway, that agent is the one who ends up showing the buyer the, the house and making the offer, that is dual agency. So essentially, the person goes from being a seller's agent to being the agent of both parties. And so um, it's it's actually, there's a word that, that goes in front of that, which is limited dual agency. So mm-hmm. at that point, of course, the agent's uh, abilities and uh, responsibilities are more limited because they're representing both sides. So, at that point, they're not advocating solely for you. They are more acting as a negotiator and to get the deal done.
1: Got it. I think that hopefully explains it. Moving on, Randy, report. Oops, there goes my phone already. Folks, got to wait till after the show. Um, FHFA extends relaxed pandemic lending standards. How is that going to affect anybody who's looking to buy a home? Does it make it better for everybody?
0: I don't think there's a whole lot of difference on that, Bob. I, I think okay. that uh, uh, but, but lending is pretty. Uh, they have kind of you don't see the bank statements or the stated income as much as you used to, and uh, they're pretty tough on debt to income, which we discussed earlier. Uh, so I don't think it's I'm I don't think it's going to be have a big effect either way.
1: Okay, all right. And interest rates actually were down this past week. Is that what I had heard? Is there something? that we should know? Uh, NMLS 26362,
0: and yes, they are down a little bit. Um, uh, so, you know, you're you're still hovering around that, you know, in the twos and the low threes, so uh, depending on the product and the credit score.
1: Okay. I, I just worry that there's so many buyers out there and there's so few homes on the market. It's creating a perfect storm for uh, a lot of difficulty for a lot of people and a lot of angst. So I don't that,
0: disagree with you. Yeah, I think yeah. it's very interesting the way the inventory, and I don't know, what is, what is your thoughts about the springtime? Do you think it's going to open up or people are going to want to upgrade? Or what, what do you feel like is going to happen?
1: Well, and that's an interesting, a very interesting question. One of the things that we're tracking, we start seeing folks putting homes on the market in typically April and May. But unfortunately, the way things are right now, uh, if you're thinking about selling, get it on the market now. Not, not a, no question, none whatsoever, you want to get on the market sooner than later because the buyers are out there early this year. In fact, I think a lot of folks would, would probably be surprised to hear that because of COVID, everything got pushed towards the end of the year last year, and now it hasn't stopped because buyers are still looking for homes that still are not uh, available. So I would just tell you.
0: Well, you you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. It's, yeah. uh, it's almost like a bottleneck. You know, and it is what has happened. In fact I was just on the uh phone with one of your agents before we yeah. got on the show and, uh-huh. and uh uh she 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 won a bit uh she couldn't believe it. I mean there were several offers on the house and she said we really worked hard to get it and they did. They we were awarded the contract and uh but it's it's very difficult right now. It is.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I it mean, can be
0: done though, as we right. can see. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> Right. But but it is difficult. And we're that's why we're looking if you wanna list your home folks call me three seven six five four eight three back to the questions uh, lee harris this one is uh, I-, I love this question because it will save everybody money who's selling a home uh so randall is asking he's selling his house good for you randall what expenses can be used to reduce the net amount i receive for the sale of his home for tax purposes What's well,
2: on? certainly the yeah. first one is the commission, because obviously you're, you're, you're not receiving that money. You're paying that money out. So that's not profit um, on your house. Um, if you happen to pay closing costs or prepaids for the buyer, which is not- negotiated quite often in the deal, obviously you're not receiving that money. So that wouldn't be a uh, profit. So anything you pay out um, you know, uh, of your pocket to get the house sold should come off of your profit, and therefore, uh, would reduce, not be tax- reduce yeah. your taxes. Exactly.
1: And is there anything that you can claim on your taxes, like uh, paying uh, real estate commissions or uh, dollar per thousand dock stand transfer, anything along those lines?
2: Yeah, it would just all be, it would all be, you know, if you have to pay taxes. Because obviously, if it's a situation of a home that you've been in um, for a certain amount of time, then you wouldn't necessarily owe any taxes. But, yeah. but, yeah, anything that you spend, you need to tell your accountant, look, uh, here's my list. Keep your receipts, keep your invoices, all that. Here's the list of all the things I spent to sell my house. And here's my closing statement showing all the monies that were, you know, paid out of my side as the seller, and those should come off as profit.
1: Got it. I want to move on. Something that I've talked about on the show before, and Randy, you've heard it, Lee, you've heard it, but I think I need to bring this up again because it's extremely important with everyone thinking, okay, I want to sell my house, but I'm not going to be able to find my next house. It's called a reverse contingency. Remember I talked about Mm -hmm. this, Randy and Lindley? Oh, yeah, Yeah. very interesting. So, and let me tell you why I'm bringing this up again, and uh, you'll understand. I've talked to a couple of potential sellers last week, and they said, listen, Bob, and this is two separate conversations. They said almost exactly the same thing. Hey, I'd like to sell, but I'm worried about where I'm going to find my next home and it's a legitimate concern for every seller. So here's what we had suggested and we have used, and we just did this a week ago, I mean, in actual use. So we do what's called a reverse contingency. So let's just say Randy is what wants to sell his palatial suite and Lee is looking for a home to buy and comes across Randy's home. Randy has it on the market for $500,000. Lee puts an offer in of $502,000. And what we do with Randy is we counter back to Lee's agent. And here's what we say. Basically, is that this offer is accepted contingent upon Randy or the seller finding his next home within 15 or 20 days. At that point, this would become an actual contract and told this contingency is released. This is not an actual contact contract. So, and I don't leave this verbiage in there and I'm kind of, um, summing it up. There's a little more verbiage. That's a little more legal Eagle or legalese, <laughs> but what it does is it allows Randy to have an offer in hand that, and the, and Lee could pull out at any time if she found another house that she, uh, And that would be in the language as well. But then it allows Randy to go out and look, find a house and not be under pressure to jump at anything that's out there. So we talked about this and the two people who I was just telling you about, I said to them, how does that sound? They go, you know, based on what you're telling me, I think, we may move forward. So I I promised to call them back in a couple of weeks. I didn't want them to rush. I want them to think about it, think about the good and the bad. And I think they're going to put their homes on the market with us. So I wanted to bring this up as we end the show to basically recap and just energize everybody who's thinking, how can we sell and not be under pressure to buy? And you might say, well, would a buyer actually buy the home if they didn't have a legitimate contract if they had to wait 15 or 20 days for it to be an enforceable contract? And the answer is yes. The reason is there's just nothing out there. So they're willing to take something as a buyer to at least have something, hoping that in this case, Randy will find their next home. Makes yeah. sense, everybody? Yep. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And again, legal language. There's a lot more details in there, but it just—it all points to what I just told you. If you want to see or hear this again, because maybe you're an agent who's saying, "Whoa, I didn't know anything about that," uh, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. It's a redirect to our uh, show, our video of our show, and you'll hear it. My thanks to Lee Harris, legal counsel, Limestone, title, and escrow playing under the weather today. Six four nine seven nine six four. Feel better, Lee.
2: Thank you. Appreciate
1: it. You got it, kiddo. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial. They do a great job as well at 6450736. Thank you, Mr. Rocky, for being here. Thank you, Bob, for you can, me. You are a bit. You are welcome. You can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 376-5483. We're out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840-WHAS.